So tonight, um, um, I want to talk to you about this thing called ministry. Everybody say ministry. Ministry work. And I know when you hear the word work, a lot of us, man, uh, we don't really like to hear that word work sometimes, at least most of us. Sometimes we spend more time trying to get out of work, right? Especially when we're working most of the time. At least some of the guys I work with, they spend more time trying to get out of work than working. But ministry is fun. Ministry is exciting, and ministry can be a journey as well, but it's a reward, and it's also a blessing as well. So before I get started, let's bow our heads for a quick moment. Let me go ahead and pray today. Heavenly Father, I just come before you right now, God. I thank you, Lord, for tonight, God. I thank you for each and every one that's located in this place today, God, as well as those that are online watching, God. I pray, Lord, that you would bless their hearts Bless their souls tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, speak to their minds, God. I pray, Lord, for an increase of your spirit tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that you would do, God, what you came to do tonight, God. Challenge if it needs to be challenged, God. We thank you tonight, God. And, Lord, we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And the people of God say tonight, amen. amen. So I just want to pick up on what you guys have already kind of been talking about here. I want to go and read this scripture for you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, if you'll allow, allow me to do that. We're talking about glorifying God in our work tonight. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, it says, And whatever you do, do it heartily. Everybody say heartily. As to the Lord. And not for men, verse 24, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance for your service, the Lord Christ. Now, if you look at this, looking at a, when you go to a secular job, we go and we work because we're getting those presidents, those dead presidents. We're doing it because that's our reward. That's rewarding for us. But we, when it comes to the work of God, we're doing what we do. We're doing our ministry because we want that inheritance. And our inheritance is not money. It's not monetary, but it's heaven. That's what our inheritance would be. So my question to you tonight is, as we're on this journey, as we do our ministry, are we working for God or are we working for man? Ask yourself that question. Are you working for God or are you working for man? You know, when we go to our, our jobs outside of church, I'm pretty sure there's challenges that you face. And your bosses or supervisors, they expect a lot, of, a lot out of you. They expect production. They expect for you to come in and get the job done that they've paid you to do. But God is looking for willing servants today. He's looking for those that are willing to serve in ministry. He's looking for ministers. That word ministry is activity carried out by Christians to express or spread their faith. That's what that word ministry is. So ministry is work, it's responsibility, and it's also you have to have a good heart or a strong heart to do ministry. Because some things can man make you say, Man, Elizabeth, this is a big one. How am I? Some things, the changes that you go through, the responsibility that it entails. I'm not telling you ministry is, you know, it's something that you should invite 
into your life. You know, when I first got saved, man, all I wanted to do was come, sit down, and just get ministered to. What did they do? Throw me right into ministry. And they gave me a ministry that I really said, man, you know what? That's not the ministry I want. Nope, this is what you need. How many know that God always gives you what you need and not what you want? Did you know that? He always gives you what you need and not what you want because Father knows best. Someone said this. It said, ministry isn't just sitting all day in prayer or reading your Bible. This job takes work. You have to get out and walk and talk to people. You need to feed your own spirit. You minister to others, help out in community, and more work. You see all the work that comes behind it? It's not just us sitting down. It's not just us in prayer. But we have to get out. We have to spread the gospel. Matter of fact, God's given each and every one of us an assignment, and that's the Great Commission. To go out and preach the gospel is what we need to do. Easy to relax in our recliners and read our Bibles. But it's another thing to get up and say, you know what? You know like that outreach that's coming up in San Pedro? We can get out. We can spread the gospel. We can let people know about the love of God. Our communities, reach our communities, go to the streets, the highways, and the byways. See, what you don't realize when you got saved, you thought you just got saved and that was it and God was going to clean you up, which he did. You, think, you thought God was just going to put you in your right mind, which he did. You thought God was going to give you a new life, he did. He gave you a new walk, a new talk, and all those things are great that he did. But God has not called you just to sit down. God has called you and saved you to be a minister. Everybody say minister. Yeah, God's called you to be a minister. We're all called to the ministry and even minister, but we're also called to proclaim the gospel, to build the kingdom of God, and to glorify God. You know what it's called? It's called the calling of God. That's what it's called. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in Jesus in Christ Jesus before time began so God called you God saved you God rescued you he rescued me but he didn't he didn't just call us and rescue us just for nothing God expects things from you and I God expects you and I to put a hand in to begin to build the ministry and to bring honor and glory to his name through our ministry, through the work that we do for him. Can somebody in this house say amen? Your mission, my mission is in, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and do what? Make disciples. But not only that, when you go, God's giving us, each and every one of us, he's armed us with the authority with the authority to do such a thing. It says to go, but to go where? Where do I go? To all nations. It doesn't matter where you are. Go to all nations. And when you go to those nations, you have to communicate. Tell them about the love of God. Remember when you first got saved, how excited you were to tell somebody? They had to say, man, quiet it down a little bit. 
Bring back that excitement. Rekindle that fire that's within you. Rekindle it. You know, God didn't call us to be quiet, but he's called us to be boisterous. Can I say, can somebody say, man, he's called us to be boisterous. He's called us to proclaim the gospel. And see, what you don't understand is that he didn't only give you this great commission. He didn't only kick you out or put you out, but he said, you know what? I'll be with you. I'll go with you. So you don't have to go alone. You're not alone. You know, there's a song we used to sing years ago, and I, I think it was, a, I was a little boy then, and it was called, it was called Never Alone. And it went, never alone, I don't have to worry because I'm, I'm never alone. And I was like, man, I thought about that now, and I think about that now. All the things that I've went through in life, all the, all the trials, all the ups, all the downs, all the disappointments, how did I get through that? It was Jesus walking right with me. I was never alone. He promised never to leave you nor forsake you. This is how I made it over. When I look back over my life and wonder how I got over, I know how I got over. I'm convinced. Are you convinced how you got over, how you made it through? Somebody hear me out there. See, everything we do, it should bring God glory, and it should bring God honor. should bring God uh, glory, and it should bring him honor. Why? Because we're serving. We have the privilege to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's not just anybody. And I'm sure as we serve God and as we do our ministries, I'm sure that the work that you do for God, you want it to count. You want it to count. You want to know that the work you did, that you're satisfied with, and your Father up in heaven is pleased with the work that you've done. You want him to be, you want him to be happy with you. You want him to be glad, and you should be glad that he's even given you a pri the privilege to do such a thing. You know, there was times that people didn't even want you around. People wouldn't trust you with anything. They wouldn't trust you as far as they could see you. Now God's trusted you with everything. God's trusted you with the ministry of Trusted me with the ministry of people. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? But that's the God we serve. That is the God we serve. Speaking of ministry, serving is a big part of ministry. Serving. Everybody say serving. serving. And we need people to serve. We need people to serve. We're looking for people to serve. Yes, attendance is good, but we need people to serve. We need people to come alongside of us and serve, and let's get the job done. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, it says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Consider what great things he has done for you. Has, what things has he done in your life? What great things has he done in your life? Not just things, but what great things has he done? What privileges has been brought about just because of him, because of the things that he's done in your life? What great things? See, sometimes it does us really good to sit back and ponder on the good things and the goodness of God and what he's done in our lives. Really, I don't think we do it enough. I think we should do it more.
I really do. See, what you got to understand is when you serve God, you know, everything's not going to go your way all the time. <laughs> I wish it was. I wish it did, but it doesn't. So, you know, like they say, take the bitter with the sweet. And when they throw you a lemon, make lemonade. Make lemonade. Make it happen, Captain. It's okay. It's okay. Remember, God's with you. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, even in those times when you feel all alone. I'm here. See how you do it. Your attitude in which you serve God with, the heart that you serve God with, the mindset that you have, the motive, they play major roles in your work or your service to God. Did you know that? Plays a major role. And it doesn't matter if the work is easy or if the work is hard. It doesn't matter. The right mind, the right heart, the right motive, the right attitude, all matters. All matters. Have you ever went to a restaurant and you had a, a waitress or a waiter with a bad attitude? Terrible service. You get one glass of water the whole time you're there. <laughs> Your plates stay on the table because somebody in the back made that waiter or waitress upset and now you're the now they take it out on you? No, they, we're not supposed to do, do that. We're supposed to serve God with the right heart, the right attitude, with the right motive. We're doing it unto the Lord. We're doing it unto the Lord. You have to make sure that regardless of the work, no matter how big, how small the job is, your service to others, to the missions, to your church, to your family, all those things matter. The heart matters in how you do it. One of the things you need to do is you got to make sure that your work is unto the Lord and not unto man. Galatians 5.13, it says, serve one another in love. Serve one another in love. Ministry in itself is about giving ourselves giving of our time, giving of our talents, and giving of our resources to bless others. Can I say that again? Did you guys catch that? Because you know what? You're on my time. <laughs> I can't do that. Let me check my calendar here real quick. Okay, you got two minutes. If you can't do it in two minutes, no. Give of your time. Give of your talents. Give of your finances. Give of your life. You pour your life into people's lives. This is what ministry does. This is what service is. It's not all about us, but it's all about them. It's all about serving God. It's all about putting the gospel out. Can you say amen? Time. Man, we got to value time, but at the same time, we could actually invest our time and our resources into others' lives to see them one for Christ. It's a beautiful thing. This minister said, he said, the cry of ministry is someone's got to do it. Might as well be me. Might as well be me. In other words, he's the usher, he's the pastor, he's the Bible study teacher. Might as well be me. He's looking for people to help serve. Will you come alongside and help serve? Do you have a servant's heart? When we serve in ministry, we find our greatest joy 
and most fulfillment in life when we serve in ministry. Happy times, funny times, you know, people open up, you know, you can get up close and personal. There's many, many things. There's so much joy in a ministry. But I know we don't look at that part. We look at, you know what? I got to hurry up and vacuum this sanctuary because I got to leave. <laughs> I got to go. No. Step back. Take a moment. Remember how patient God was with you? Please be patient with me because God's not through with me yet. You have to learn to be patient. God has been so patient with us. So why aren't we patient with those, other, with those people that God placed before us? Yes, they got hang-ups, but we had hang-ups as well. Be patient. Learn to be patient. Learn to not always be in a hurry, but take time out to listen. Take time out to listen to those individuals. Speaking of rekindling the fire, came across this word, it's called zeal. Everybody say zeal. When you serve God, you got to serve him with zeal. You have to do the work of God with zeal. That word zeal is this, great energy or enthusiasm is pursuit of a cause or an objective. You ever been around somebody that's really boring? <laughs> boring. You got to be excited to come in and teach the kids. You got to be excited. You got to be excited for the things of God and what he's doing. Because other than that is boring. Make it fun. Make it exciting. Make it a happy time. You know, for me, I'm like a big kid. When we have our youth, I play games with them. <laughs> you know, when I took our youth a few, uh, about a month ago, last month, I believe it was, we took them laser tagging, right? And I was in there playing around with them you know, shooting a uh, laser tag gun. And one of the kids, one of the moms, she told me later, she said, man, my son said, Pastor Tim is good. How did he get so good? I said, you know, can't tell you that, youngster. But you know, I, I love getting in there. I love making it fun. I love making it exciting. I love making it exciting. And when you do things for God, make it exciting. Make it exciting. Make it fun. It don't always have to be, yes, sir. At attention, make it fun, make it exciting, make people want to come, make them want to help you out. Zeal, energy. You ever been around those people that got a lot of energy and you just can't keep up? You just can't keep up. Slow down a little bit. Let me catch up. Let me catch my breath. That's the kind of zeal we need to have sometime when, it's thing, when we're doing things for God. We need, to be, we need to have zeal. We need to be excited. Are you excited that you're saved tonight? Are you excited you're in your right mind tonight? Are you excited you're on your way to heaven shouting victory? Are you excited? It only gets better with time. It only gets better with time. We got to do things with zeal. I'm telling you, man, for me, for me, I like to laugh. I don't know about you guys. I like to laugh. Uh, my daughter, man, one of my daughters, when she laughs, she laughs so much she starts crying. She starts crying. I mean, and then by her laughing, it catches on to me. By the time me and her start laughing, the rest of us start laughing. See how contagious your zeal is? See how contagious your energy can be? 
You see that? Energetic. This is how we got to do. This is how we got to be. See, when you do things for God, it doesn't matter how hard the job is. It doesn't matter how simple the job is. Our, our, our goal is to get the ministry done. Our goal is to get the things done for God. See, in the book of Exodus, chapter 26, when you look back there, when they were building the tabernacle there, I'm pretty sure that work was hard. I'm pretty sure that work, that work was strenuous. But you know what they probably did, and I'm just paraphrasing this, what they probably did is, you know, they put their earbuds in like we got today, and they went to town. They just started working, getting that tabernacle done, and they're, you know, going away. Sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you can't just look at the work and the big task that's ahead of you. Sometimes you got, you got to block it out and just put the hammer on the top of the nail and start building. Get it done. Don't think about it. Because we have, we have this thing about overthinking, and some of us just probably underthink, and some of us probably don't think. But we have that thing about that. Don't think too hard. You know, they used to tell me when I was growing up, and this was back in my little heydays here, they said, you study long, you study wrong. In other words, stop overthinking it. Just get it done. Just do it. Some of us need to adopt that Nike trademark or slogan like Nike. Just do it. Sometimes you got to just do it. Because if you don't do it, you're not going to do it. Chances are you can come up with a million excuses why you can't do it, why we can't get it done. But this we have to do, get it done, whether it's hard or not. These guys here building a tabernacle, think about this. They were given the instructions as to how to build. They were given instructions on what material to use. But they also wanted to put people, skillful people, that were able to do carpentry, that were able to do electricity. I don't think they had lights back then. Maybe they, maybe they had candles. Whatever it was. Who's ever going to be the candle holder? Whatever it was. Who's ever good at just holding the candle and standing there? That was their job. They were skilled at that. You know, if somebody else probably would have did it, they probably would have got wax all over their hand. So they wanted people, the skilled people in certain areas, in certain places. They wanted them to be in position, but all of those combined together, all those skills, the tools and everything, and everybody is building they were in one mind, one accord to get the job done. One mind, one accord, one heart to get the job done. That's what we need to be as people of God. One mind, one accord, pushing and pulling the exact same way. You guys don't hear me, though. You know, there was a song that I used to do years ago, and maybe some of you probably remember this, and it was called, uh, I'm a straight-up soldier, and I'm led by a spirit. But when I speak the truth, Y'all don't want to hear me. It's another verse, but I won't, even, I won't even tell you that. When you speak the truth, how, how many know people block you out? They don't want to hear that. You're raining on my parade. But in this case, we need to work together as a single unit, as a body of Christ. This is what we need to begin to do. Someone said we want to make sure that at the end of our work or at our journey and our labor, our labor made a difference in people's lives. Every person that we encounter or that we came across. You want to make sure what you do for God, you make an impact. We want to make sure we made an impact. 
We want to make sure we leave an everlasting impression on people when we part from them. You know, for me, I know Pastor George, he made an everlasting impression on my life. And this is what we want to do when you do ministry with the heart, right heart, the right mind, the right motive. Man, do you know that speaks volumes to people? People take notice, whether you tell them or talk to them about it or not. They take notice. You know, people know when you got an attitude. People know when you upset. Y'all know how y'all is. But people know. You know, your demeanor changes. Your facial changes. You're not happy-go-lucky anymore. Those things speak to people. They're used to brother happy, sister happy. Sister make me laugh, brother make me laugh. They're used to that. They're used to those things. Remember, right heart, right mind, right motive. You know, this is what we got to continue to work on and constantly do. Because I'm telling you, when you do ministry, when you serve, people will. You have those people that are called button pushers. Know what I'm talking about? You guys can relate to that, right? But listen at this, Galatians 5.14. It says the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You're not going to hate yourself, but you're going to take care of yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, you know what? I care for you. Oh, man. Love your neighbor as yourself. The same thing that you would do for yourself, do that for your neighbor. Do that for your neighbor. In the ministry, offer help where it's needed. Offer help where it's needed, not where it's not needed. Offer help where it's needed, but that's not what I want to do. Man, maybe I don't want to be an usher. Maybe I don't want to, you know, clean the toilets. Maybe I don't want to be a greeter. But guess what? That's where we need help. Can you help us? Offer help there. Because offering help where it's not needed is like offering no help at all. Offer help where you see a guy is struggling and he needs help. Do you stand there? Do you sit there and let them struggle? Or do you say, you know what? Let me give you a hand. Let me lighten the burden. Let me lighten the burden. Let me help you out. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. Then the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of these, for, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did. You did it for me. See, God sees and he acknowledges that. God will take notice when you do things like that. Not because anybody asked you, because you saw the need and you met the need. You saw that they need help and you offered to help. You offered your service. You offered your time. You went out of your way to help them out. You went out of your way to lighten the load. God sees that. God will acknowledge that. God blesses those things. You know, isn't it a great thing for those of us that have kids when your kids clean their room by themselves without you asking? 
Uh, I, guess, I guess you guys, isn't it a good thing when they clean their rooms by themselves without you asking? That's a blessing by itself, right? Because <laughs> normally you got to tiptoe over everything to get in there. And God forbid you got to get up at night and you step on a, a little toy. Man, oh man. But those, God blesses you in so many different ways. So many different ways. See, in the ministry, we also have to have a godly attitude. A godly attitude. Even when those button pushers come your way. A godly attitude is an act of kindness. No matter how small, it can never be meaningless. It can never be meaningless. I'm going to share this story with you real quick. You know, I go to, I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I'm getting ready to go to work and I stop at Starbucks. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't do this to receive anything. So I get out, go to the door, a, a lady's coming in. So I open the door because I'm going that same way and I beat her to the door, open the door. So I go in, go to the counter to order my, my refresher. And she says, uh, wait a minute, I'm paying for his drink because he was nice to me. I'm like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. But it was an act of kindness. It was a small gesture, a small gesture that paid, gave me a reward right then and there, one that I didn't ask for. Those are the type of things God does. I didn't ask for any of that at all. But those small little things, they're small. But at the same time, that saved me money for my drink. I, you know, I would have spent it, but I'm just saying, out of the kindness of her heart, because he was nice to me. See, when, you're, when you have a godly attitude, everybody likes you and everybody wants to be around you. Nobody wants to be around a Debbie Downer, now do you? <laughs> Nobody wants to be around Debbie Downer. Everybody's having a good time and here comes Debbie. Here comes Debbie and everything is womp, 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 womp. Kill my vibe. But small little things like that, God blesses you. God does those type of things when we continue to have a godly attitude. You know, one of the greatest things that we could do in the ministry is invest in other people. Invest in other people. When you invest in other people, that shows that you have a heart for God. You have a heart for people that you love people. That shows right off the bat. That shows that you're not selfish. That shows that it's not all about you. See, ministry, it's fun and it's rewarding at the same time. You know, when people come to our churches, you know, sometimes I sit back and I look and it's so remarkable how often we react, we uh, interact with people sometimes. And for me, I got so many names to remember that I can't remember them all. So that's where you need another brother or sister here, depending on if it's a male female, female, to go up to them and introduce themselves. Get to know them. Make them feel welcome. Make them feel at home. Loving, talking about loving people. Well, I don't talk too much. Go out of your way to do that. Tell them hi. You want some water? Can I show you? Go out of your way. Love people. See, sometimes they're looking for that. Just that kind gesture people are looking for sometimes. And people are very, very happy when you know their name, when you remember their name. Did you know that? 
What's that brother's name? Hey, uh, hey, you. <laughs> there she is over there. No. Brother John, how you doing, Brother John? Nice to, nice to have you back. Man, you don't even know. You know what that does to them? That makes them feel that you care for them. That makes them feel welcome. That makes them want to come back again. Even if it's just to see you and say hi, that makes them come back. Invest in people. Spend time with people. See, when we serve people and we, we invest in people, we're serving other people. When we serve other people, what you don't realize is that we're serving others, but we're serving God at the same time. You know why? Because God served people. That's what it's about, serving people. That's what he did. He served people. And if you didn't know, I came to tell you that we owe God everything. We owe God everything. Romans 12.1 says, because of God's grace and mercy. We owe him everything. What he's done, what he's given us, we don't deserve any of it. Because of his grace, because of his mercy. We owe him everything. He should be acknowledged all the time, in everything, in everything that we do. See, when we work our, our secular jobs, uh, our place of employment, we work there for numerous amounts of years, and we look forward to this thing that called retirement. We look forward to getting that 401k or touching that 401k, getting that pension. We look forward to that. We put in time. We put in the work. We put in the years. We put in the effort. We gave it our all. We gave it blood, sweat, and tears. Even when we were sick at times, we went. That same thing that we did for our secular jobs, I think we should turn around and do the same thing when it comes to the ministry of Christ. We need to do the same thing. I've always made it a point, if I'm sick, I'm staying home from work, and I'm not going to church as well. I'll tell you why. Because I've known people to go to church, I mean go to work and not go to church because they're sick. But you were sick before you went to work, but now you're sick because you went to work, now you can't go to church. Try that on. So if I'm sick, I'm sick. No work. No church because I'm sick. I'm not going to pick work over church. I've, I've always operated that way. And you know what? It's been a blessing to my life. It really has. God has really blessed me. He's really showed me some things. See, for me, I have no issues and no bones with putting God first in my life because I know what he's done for me. I appreciate what he's done for me. And by all means, I'm going to give him all I got until my last breath. I don't mind doing that because what, what, does, what does he owe? I mean, what do I owe him? I mean, what does he owe me? Nothing at all. He owes me nothing at all. So I think the same effort we put in other things, other places outside, we should put them into our ministries, have the same enthusiasm, put in the same effort, put in the same time, put in the same blood, the same sweat, the same tears, go a little bit above and beyond. See, the good news is when we're doing everything that we need to do in our ministries, in our service, and, our, and with zeal for God, the good news is, is that God, 
He made us a promise. He made us a promise, and that promise is that we will inherit the kingdom of God. We will inherit that place called heaven. How many of you guys want to go to that place? Take me to that place. I remember that song. That's the good news. We don't do it. Our labor is not in vain. Our labor, your labor is not in vain. God sees it. God will reward you. And all in all, in ministry and all of this, one of the things you got to always, always constantly do is you got to remain humble. You got to remain humble. It takes humility. Humility. Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And in Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. How many know it's so hard to do that sometime when you really feel like flying off the handle because somebody's really got under your skin? We have to remain to be humble. We have to, we have to be complete. We have to do this. And you've got to understand that it's not about us at that time. It's about who we represent. We represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because people in ministry, they're going to wrong you. People will wrong you just to let you know that. People will misunderstand you. People will also push your buttons and people will challenge you. That's going to happen. And that's when you got to say, you know what? Jesus is on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus is on the main line, tell him what you want. You just call him up and you tell him what you want. And you know what, Jesus, right now I'm feeling kind of, man, this guy's made me mad and he's pushed my button. You know, I really want to, and you know, you begin to pour your heart out to him. You begin to tell him what's on your mind. You begin to tell him how you're feeling. You begin to tell him, you know what, I... I'm doing my best. I want to remain humble. And he says, stay humble. Stay humble. You're doing a good thing. You're speaking volumes to them through you being humble and your humility. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And he shall lift you up. He watches. He listens. He watches and he listens. As I wind this down tonight, being humble, and I said in the beginning, you have to have a heart for people. You have to have a heart for people. Because people, man, what they'll do sometimes, the things they'll do, it's like, man, they ripped your heart right out, threw it on the floor, boom, and stepped on it. And you have to pick it right back up and put it back in. Put it right back in. Because people are like that. But you know what? Just as God died for you, he died for them. Just as he loved you, he loves them as well. We got to understand that because we were once those people. We were once like that. We were once lost and bound. You know, even though we were doing the things we did, we are lost, bound, doing all kind of foolish things, Christ still loved us unconditionally because he sent his son to die for us. He still paid that awesome price. 
So tonight, if I could get you to bow your heads and close your eyes tonight as I go ahead and end here. We talked about a few things here. We talked about ministry. We talked about having zeal when we do ministry. We talked about being humble. We talked about having a servant's heart, a servant's mind, a servant's attitude. We talked about we have to remain humble in ministry because ministry, it can make you or it can break you. But at the same time, in those times, those trying times, I believe God's trying to shape you and mold you, and not only shape you and mold you, but I think God is trying to prepare you for the right ministry and for the ministry that he wants to place you in. Ministry is a blessing if you allow it to be in your life. If you love people, ministry is a blessing. If you love people, giving up your time, your talents, your effort is a blessing. Tonight, can I encourage you today as the people of God, the work that you do, the ministry that you do, make sure that the work you do, you're doing it unto God and not to man. Make sure you're doing it unto God and not to man. Too often, people get in only to fizzle out. They get in to fizzle out because they feel it takes my time. It takes my effort. So they become disappointed. They become angry. They become hurt. Sometimes even revengeful. But see, God wants you to serve him. But he wants you to not only serve him, but he wants you to serve people. He's called you to be ministers. He's called you to spread the gospel. He's called you to help build his kingdom. God is a rewarder and he will reward you. Proverbs 14, 23, it says, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty leads to poverty God wants you to be richly blessed ministry is a blessing ministry is a blessing so tonight can I encourage you whatever you do do it wholeheartedly do it unto the Lord and not unto man and allow God to bless your life tonight If I could have you tonight standing your feet with your heads bowed and your eyes closed tonight, reverence to God tonight.